Welcome to Talking Junk. I'm your host, Jason Melendez. Live now every week on Fridays. Talking Junk. A multitude of professionals in different aspects, different walks of life. You have to come on and talk junk like a normal person. Welcome to Talking Junk, coming to you live every Friday night from Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch. I'm your host, Jason Melendez, and tonight we got a great guest for you. But before we jump into uh, our guest, I just want to urge you to go and click the five-star rating What, wherever you're listening to this. Let us know how you feel about these episodes. We love to hear your feedback, and we need more. So let's get right into it. Our uh, guest tonight, Mr. John Moyer. How you doing tonight, John? I am good. I've got to give you props. Man. That is like one of the best intros there. Your your opening uh, your opening segment is well. Thank you, sir. Because normally it's just like they're just like you're right on camera, and somebody's got like their kids screaming in the background, and so that was that was really cool. Thank you. We try to keep it a little together here at Talking Junk. <laughs> Shout out to Jesse Westside on the beat. So how are you doing today? I'm dude, I'm I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm just uh we were just talking. You're in Florida. I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. So it's it's uneventful on a Friday night in Salt Lake City, which is pretty much every night in Salt Lake City. It is not uneventful here in Florida, however, it is uneventful here in my household. <laughs> Did now did, did you guys get some of that uh Ida where where you're at there that the, the oh, hurricane? Very, very very minimum, at least where I'm at. Okay. I can't speak for the panhandle. See, it was crazy because I you know I grew up in, in in Jersey and all my family's back in, in Jersey and they had freaking tornadoes in my hometown. It was a just wow. it was like <clears throat> like the Wizard of Oz. I mean, the houses were just it, it was unreal. So it's just crazy. Well, if it was anything like what New York and New Jersey got, I could just imagine. Yeah, yeah. Those monstrous floods and still people taking a subway. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what else are they going to do? I, it's it's New York. I, they're, they're, we're, we're all accustomed to the way things are where we're yeah. at. You either come to work or you get fired. Yeah. And for some people, it's even hard just showing up for the Zoom call because there's people that are working from home. And uh, all they have to do is get on a Zoom call. And I, I was reading the thing the other day. It was like one out of four people like get in trouble with their jobs for some type of inappropriate conduct on a Zoom call. So <laughs> I, I don't know what these people are doing, but they think, I don't know. It just, it's a, you know. Well, there were some type of reports I remember during the pandemic of people either in their underwear or, you know, touching inappropriately. Yeah. That's the one thing I don't get. I really have, you know. They thought yeah. the camera was off. Yeah, that's. That's their one chance to watch <laughs> Becky. Is the multiple screens going back and forth. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, I know how that goes. <laughs> there, there's a lot to joke about there because I did, I did, you know, I did stand up comedy for 20 years, yeah. so that was my that was my four way foray into hypnosis, actually. So let's get off of the uh, masturbation roulette. Why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your uh, comedic life? I um I started doing stand up comedy in 1992. I was going to college, 
and uh, there was a comedy club in uh, where, the town where where I was at, and it was really cool because normally when you do an open mic night as as a comedian, like it's like some weird night of the week, it's like a Monday night or a Tuesday night, and then it's only ever other open micers that are showing up and then they tell the open micers to bring your friends. So you're not really performing for just, a real audience. For your loved ones. Yeah. So, but where I was, where I started, I was really fortunate that um, they did the open mic on a Thursday night. So, but it was a real audience. So they had the regular headliner on Thursday night. And then for about 30 or 40 minutes, instead of having like an opening act, they had all the, the, you know, the open micers. So I got started doing that. And cause I, I was going for theater and film. So it was all kind of in the same, same thing. And um, I was kind of had a sense of humor. So doing stand-up comedy just kind of seemed like a natural extension of, you know, it's what right I would do yeah, with writing. So, you know, I had friends that they were getting job placements like their last semester in college, right. They were going to go work on wall street or some production house in, in Los Angeles. And dude, I was on the road living out of my car doing stand-up comedy. I drove all across the Western half of the United States um, wow. do, doing stand-up comedy. So I, and, and along the way, um, you know, I had a couple of independent um, uh, screenplays produced that are hanging on the, on the wall back there. So I was kind of all doing, doing my thing, but what got really weird was like, it was the early two thousands where when I was doing stand-up comedy in the early nineties, I would hear from all of the stand-up comics from the seventies and eighties who were talking about how the seventies and the eighties were the heyday of comedy. Right. But, but, yeah. and they said the thing that killed stand-up comedy was uh, cable television because people were like, well, we're not going to go to a club. We can stay home and watch evening at the improv or comic strip live. And, and for my gen, yeah, all of that. So what it and what it was from, I guess my generation, the thing that 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 killed stand up comedy in a lot of ways was the internet, because live comedy stopped becoming about who is the funniest comic. It became who's the one that's got the most followers on social media that we know if we tweet this out or post this that the people are gonna you know how many streams uh, do you have on your yeah. Screen? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm I mean, I've I've been out of the comedy world for a few years now, but when it was back in the, the you know, like the late 2000s, it was it was my space. And that was the, all the yeah. comics, you know, if you had a show in some town, you would go and add a bunch of people from that town on my space and then, you know, pr promote the show. And hopefully Tom is in the audience. Yeah, yeah he's on the whiteboard <laughs> writing down his show dates. Um so so what wound up happening then after, you know, the early 2000s and, you know, in, into the teens, but there was a lot of comedy clubs that were just closing down. You know, I mean, there was a time when there was places Tuesday through Sunday, all, you know, every night of the week or whatever. And a lot of it just became, you know, Moe's Bar and Grill was doing a comedy night in the back room on a Friday night or whatever. So it just it wasn't what it used to be. And I had always been fascinated with the mind ever since I was a little kid. It was I was always interested in the mind and I was doing an event one time where there were multiple shows and, and events happening and I was doing a show and the venue that I was in doing the show, it was maybe about three quarters full. It was an okay crowd after me. I didn't realize this, but after me that they, they had, they brought in a hypnotist, a stage hypnotist. And okay. 
the the it was like standing room only. I mean, it was like people were like packed to come in to see the hypnotist. And when I was doing as a comedy, we a comedian, we always hated when the comedy clubs brought the hypnotist in, right? Because it was all it was gimmicky or it was hacky or you know or whatever. And then you go do the show, and there'd be like half the the room was full. And they go, oh, I don't know. Last week we had the hypnotist, and we had to have extra shows because we had so many people. <laughs> and as a comic, you know, you're just frustrated by that, but. So I'm sitting back and I'm, I'm just watching, you know, how these people reacted to this. And I went, all right, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. So still, though, <laughs> leave it to a promoter to try to compare apples to oranges. You know what I mean? Well, it's two yeah, different scenes, two it, different it, crowds. It, 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 it totally is. And but watching the response and because, yeah, I mean, stand up comedy is. It, it's its own, it's a very different experience than watching, you know, a stage hypnosis show. But what I wound up doing, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do that. So I wound up training, doing stage hypnosis. And that's when everything just got, it got crazy because I went back to the bookers and the agents and everybody that I've been doing stand up comedy with. I said, man, I got a whole new show. And conversely, what happened from that is, dude, things just took off. I had expanded my- the two. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's interesting that you say that because early on in the beginning, because when you get up and do a, a stage hypnosis show, you have what they call the pre-talk, right? Where the hypnotist is going to spend maybe five or 10 minutes up front, you know, telling the audience what to expect and the setup, you know, you know, the setup right? And then to get everybody on stage. And early on, I was kind of mixing that. There was a lot of humor in that. It was almost like a 10 minute stand-up set that talked about what it was going to be like on stage and the problem that i found when i was doing that is because the one thing when when you're a comedian you're on stage there's this air of arrogance right you're a little smarter you know you know a little bit more than the audience you know you can take out yeah, the head you gotta perceive that the room is yours yeah exactly and when i was doing that uh early on for my stage hypnosis show i realized it was harder for me to get volunteers because people just had this perception of that you know maybe they're going to get made fun of or whatever the case may be so i actually had to pull some of the comedy out and just kind of you know pepper it through and once i makes sense yeah once i stopped doing that you know i had no problem you know getting volunteers but then obviously of course the, the entire show itself is is still a humorous you know experience because you're watching people up on stage that are you know that are hypnotized and and what i wound up doing is i instead of just you know comedy clubs i was in I was performing for colleges and universities. I was doing high schools. I wound up um, as a headliner for Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. So I was out on the, you know, the ocean. So um, high-end corporate gigs. So it was like, all of a sudden, it all just took off. And I'm like, man, I, I should have sold out, you know, a long time ago uh, doing that. Cause, and I was just, I was having a blast. And it was weird because I was probably more comfortable bringing 20 or 30 people on stage and then having to rely on them actually being hypnotized. I felt more comfortable doing that than I did just me being on stage telling jokes for 45 minutes. And then, so from all of that, I wound up creating a YouTube channel with um, hypnosis and meditation programs, which I, I just by happenstance, it took off. Um, I'm about to hit uh, 200,000 subscribers. I'll do that this weekend. So now, now what was it rigorous, the training that you went through for the, uh, the hypnosis? No, I took a home study course actually for, well, for, for the stage 
for the stage portion. Yes. I, I literally, I'm like, all right, I just, I'll get a DVD box set and I'll learn how to, <laughs> which is literally what I did. I got a training course and I'm sitting at home. I'm watching DVDs, you know, and they're, <laughs> it was just really weird. Um, and that, but that taught me the fundamentals enough to do um, a, a hypnosis show. But then what I wound up doing was certifying through an organization called the National Guild of Hypnotists, which is the world's largest um, hypnosis organization. I went through a hundred hours of training and study, you know, there to. It sounds like a crew you don't want to fuck with. Yeah, exactly. Y yeah, because there are a lot of people that want to that push back hard on hypnosis. Like you'll go to certain states or certain towns, and and the problem is, is you know, there's a lot of people that just want to write prescriptions for drugs you know here you go here's your antidepressants or whatever you need and then all of a sudden there's people going to a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist having considerably more successful results well you know the status quo doesn't like that so the national guild of hypnotists actually has a pretty rigorous organization of lobbyists and people that help to try to actually protect what you know can be done with hypnosis well, I could imagine because Big Pharma will try to push back against anything. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's look, there's obviously uh, a use, you know, for, for stuff like that. But um, there was a really interesting study. I don't know. It was like it was 10 or 12 years ago um, where the statistics were if somebody went to like a shrink or a psychologist um, for some you know, normal whatever issue that, you know, that people, you know, nothing really far out there but you know they had to go like 600 times to get a 30 percent success rate versus going to a hypnotherapist was like a 93 percent sex success rate after six wow. sessions so yeah so did have you been taking clients since then my wife actually my wife wound up she went through the same training process. I went through it just because, you know, I felt like I wanted to have the experience and have a really impressive certification plaque hanging on my, on my wall. But okay. my, my, my passion or the thing that I'm really passionate about or that I really enjoy doing is being in front of the groups of people and Stage then also, theater. right. And then also creating, you know, the digital content, whereas um, my wife has no desire to do any of that, but my wife is fantastic with um with one-on-one -on -one there gotta be one diva in the family yeah you exactly gotta, you gotta have the spotlight <laughs> yeah. i understand so she she does well you know we were talking about the you know the stop smoking you know thing there actually my wife um has she's got a client um that she's been working with that it was amazing and it was for um you know alcohol abuse and um she saw this individual uh, three weeks ago and the woman came back today just kind of for a refresher course, but she hasn't drank in three weeks. So, um, you know, I, my wife is, is very good with being able to, to do that with people. So now, does she ever bring home any weird stories? <sighs> no, because she, no, I probably the one with the weird stories, you know, <laughs> you know, and when I, yeah, she, you know, yeah, there's there's nothing really weird about yeah. I mean, I've seen some some weirds, and that sometimes that was one of the things that because I did work with some people one on one, and sometimes when you have people that have been going to like a therapist, they're used to being able to go <clears throat> and vent 
and complain and tell all their drama and have somebody listen to their drama, you know, and maybe someday, you know, in some way validate, you know, your feelings that you're upset about that. And let's just give you a way that you can cope with your, your issues versus kind of relative to, you know, hypnosis. It's like, okay, we're not going to show you how to cope with your issues. We're just going to be able to resolve all those issues in your mind. So one of the things that happens is you'll, you know, you'll get people that will show up and just, you know, they just want to bitch and complain. They just want to be there to vent. Maybe they'll go through the session, but they're not doing the homework after the fact or actually allowing anything to, you know, to take root. So my, you know, my wife has fired a few clients. She has done that where she's like, look, it's not doing you any good to be here. It's not, you know, I'll take your money, but it's not doing you any good. But ultimately it's not about taking the money because my wife wants to have a track record of success. So, yeah, yeah. The resume is, is what it takes nowadays. Yeah. Well, any, any, any time really. But, uh, so do you still do sessions like that on stage or is it more for entertainment purposes? I have, well, you know, every, anytime I was ever on stage, it was always, it was, you know, it was a stage hypnosis, sh- you know, show, um, you know, I've done some keynote speaking and things like that, but most of the time, everything on stage was, um, you know, for a show. But one of the things I loved about doing the show was the fact that I could present to people, you know, this is how your mind works. These are the things that you're able to, you know, accomplish. And that's, that's how I was able to get people up on stage. Um, because I went out there and I said, look, one of the things that we're going to do is I'm going to show you how you can tap into the power of your mind. If you've got a goal that you want to achieve, if you've got an issue that you want to overcome, well, when you come up on stage tonight, we're going to, you know, empower you to be able to make that, you know, make that case so that you could do that for yourself. Um, so even though it was more for entertainment purposes, there was always a valuable takeaway, you know, for people. And the thing was, is what a lot of hypnotists would do. Cause I always had their CDs, you know, they, they'll buy this at the end of the, you know, the show, if you want to stop smoking or lose weight or whatever. And, and I had those and those were actually, you know, it was a really big money-making opportunity because people wanted to do this stuff. But as CDs kind of went their way and nobody had a CD player anymore, then it was, you know, digital files. So people were doing MP3 files and, you know, hypnotists are trying to figure out where the best place to get thumb drives so they can mass produce thumb drives with their stop smoking and weight loss and stop stress um, digital files. And that's when I went, you know what? I'm just going to put this stuff on YouTube and tell people to go to my YouTube channel and my show. Yeah. And I heard, and I was hearing all these old school hypnotists, you know, and kind of the, the Facebook, um, you know, groups and stuff, you know, you're leaving money on the table. You're, you're, you know, why would you do that? And YouTube, it's so stupid, blah, 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 blah. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, everybody was, had no shows. Um, you know, my, my YouTube channel was, was generating me, um, you know, a significant, you know, income stream. So that was working out, you know, really well relative for me that I had that. And then of course my channel just grew as a result of, you know, people being home and wanting to find ways to, you know, feel better and, and, and de-stress themselves. Um, so I hit a hundred thousand subscribers and, October got my silver play button hanging on the wall. And then congratulations. Weekend, I, I, when the kids come home, I say, touch the silver play button. That's what made all this possible. <laughs> so, it's like when you do the Apollo, you know, you gotta, you touch the, yeah. But what was it? A stump, right? Yeah. It was a stump. You got to touch the stump when you come out on stage. So, um, 
but yeah, so I've just, and I haven't actually, I haven't done a show since February of last year. And um, it's kind of funny because I've gotten a lot of offers and requests um, now that things are kind of opening back up to come do a show. But I'm just like, yeah, I just like hanging out at home and doing my YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what are some what's some content that we can find on your uh, on your YouTube channel? You know, I've a, a lot of what I do now. This this is kind of what's interesting is how YouTube took off for me. Is the the one program that I that I created that really took off was for sleep. So a lot of people go to my YouTube channel to fall asleep, and I hear that from people. I sleep with you every night, and so what I wound up doing was creating these eight hour long programs because people would like to be able to have something to help them fall asleep. And they like hearing the stuff in the background of the music to keep them asleep. Um, so I would make these eight hour long programs, but of course I was more interested in doing things other than just, you know, for sleep. So, um, you know what, you know, so I'll, I'll create a program that's like, you know, clear negative energy, you know, wake up with positive energy, all of that stuff. And um, yeah, right there. And so it's, you know, it's, it's eight hour long stuff. So, and, and everything that I do, um, you know, I think I have like one, I had like a bunch of like, it was like weight loss and stop smoking, but people seem to be more into the um, kind of the, you know, the more new age type stuff. So if you see a lot of the things that I have, you know, it's the positive energy, opening your third eye, shifting your reality. Meet <clears throat> um, your guardian angel. Yeah. Attract abundance. Yep. Shift your reality. Yeah. Leave your pain. And, and, you know, the thing is, is about all of that stuff, it's, I just take ideas and concepts that are going to help people improve their lives and make changes, you know, in their lives. Like my biggest one right now is one, um, and it's been my, my biggest video for the last over a year now is meeting your spirit guides right now. Do, am I coming from this frame of reference that, there's literally angels appearing right there in your room, you know, while you're asleep. Well, I mean, that's not the position that I, that I take, but the thing is, is about hypnosis is when you're under hypnosis, your mind can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. It's like when you have a dream, right? No matter how weird the dream is in that moment, you accept it as real. Yeah. Everything is a reality in that moment. Right. So if you're having this experience where you're experiencing hypnosis and you know you're you're being told that hey you know what there's there's spirit guides that are watching out for you and therefore you can feel more confident you can feel less stressed you know you could feel more inspired so you're just putting you know information into people's you know subconscious mind that is going to empower them in a healthy and constructive way and just, you know, kind of the way I do that is just through, you know, these it's, you know, it's like, you see Jesus taught in parables, right? So it's, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's kind of the, the approach that I take is just being able to help people hack their minds to, you know, live a better life for themselves. Now, when, how, how is it different from what you were doing on stage? You mean when I went from doing a, which was different, like when I was doing a comedy show to a stage hypnosis show or from when you're doing your uh, YouTube channel to when you was doing a stage show. Now, do you use some of the topics that you do on your YouTube channel on stage or is it more of a comedic thing? Like, yeah, a bark or quack. Yeah. Or 
yeah when you when you bring people up on stage you know you get them hypnotized and then you just put them in these situations and these scenarios where you know you demonstrate the power of their mind as you know it's all you'll do stuff where they maybe forget their names or just things that are going to be entertaining you know uh to the audience so it's all these different skits for lack of a better word or scenarios that you hypnotize somebody and you tell them they think they're missing their belly button or, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's stuff like that. But the, the thing is, is that the, the takeaway for people, and I, this is what I would love when I would do a corporate show, because like when you're on the cruise ship, people will always come up. They don't know each other. You know, it's like, they have no idea who these people are. So they're always wondering, was, was that, was that legitimate or was that person fake or yeah, was he planted? Exactly. But when you do a corporate show, um, people they all come know up to each me. other. Yeah, they all know each other, and they go, "No, I know this is for real because I hit you know I work next to Bob every day. There's no way that Bob could fake that." Like a couple years ago, I did a I did an event for a sheriff's department. It was a county sheriff's department, and they had the they had the woman who was in charge of their ca- county jail. I mean, she was like a tough hardcore woman, and they're like. Barber, whatever her name was, you know, like you need to go up there. You need to go up there. So here's this woman comes up on stage and she's like, This is bullshit. This isn't gonna work. This is so stupid. She gets on stage, and then an hour later, she opens up her eyes and goes, What the hell just happened? And then everybody was like <laughs> playing back on their phones the video, and she had no idea. And and that's one of those things where everybody was like, We had never, there's no way that she could fake that. And we saw a side of her that we just, we never would have imagined. So holy shit, this is real. So that's what's cool about that stuff. So we have uh, somebody in the comments, her name is Sunshine. She wants to know, uh, does your wife do Zoom sessions and where can she find her website? She, my wife only does private one-on-one sessions, but I have some really well that's what she meant because she, yeah. she doesn't live in your area right so. right right but i i do know people i've some got some uh great colleagues that do um that do do zoom sessions so um if it's sunshine right she can yeah. she can just find me through my website johnmoyer.com uh send a message and i can get her connected with some some people that i you know that are just awesome for you know, for zoom sessions, but depending on whatever you know she wants to 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 work on she could always you know, first maybe start with my YouTube channel, see if there's something there relative to the uh, the subject matter. Because that's one of the things that I love about being able to do, you know, digital hypnosis, because people, you know, they can just kind of listen to it on their own at home. It's not like they have to, and they could do it as, as much as they want. So that's one of the things that uh, that I just like about being able to put stuff out there for people to have at home. So absolutely, you are welcome, Sunshine. Now you got to double your profit, man. You got to put all your videos back out there, but with black screen. That you, they, yeah, they here's in their sleep. Here's the funny thing about that because you know you put I put stuff out there, you know, and you're literally getting the whole world right, you know, dialing in your channel at some point, and and I will hear from people. People will go. Do black screens. We want a dark screen video. So I make a dark screen <laughs> video. And then there's people going, where are the images at? I love the, I love the images that you had on there. Or you'll, you might hear somebody go, I think the, the, the music is, is, is too loud. You got to go lower music. And then you'll do lower music. And then people go, I can't hear the music. 
where people will be like, do one without music. And then you do one without music. And people are like, there's no music. It's like, you can't, you can't, you know, but, but th that's one of the things I do at least kind of with the videos that I put out there now is um, I'll, I'll try to, or not try, I'll make the, whatever images are on there. I'll go a little, little darker on the, you know, on the, on the screen. So, because that's what it is. People are, I mean, I use YouTube premium and I like that because you can, close out your phone screen and it'll still play um yeah. but i hear from people all the time it's like you know i don't understand why they're not turning their phone over if they're going to leave their phone screen on or whatever but i don't know they just see like me and my wife we do listen to stuff like that also but we do it on our uh samsung tv so yeah we put the sleep timer on we yeah put it on and we just fall asleep i got to take over I bought a um, a Bluetooth sleep mask on Amazon. So it's just like you put what it over. What the hell is that? Well, it's just like, you know, like people have the the, the dark mat, like the sleep masks that they wear, you know, to keep all the light out when they, you know, when they go to sleep. Yeah. But this one's got really, really thin speakers in the ears and then they're connected via Bluetooth. So okay. I love that because like you can lay in any position that you want and because people will be like, Oh, my headphones are always falling out or whatever the case may be. Cause I'm surprised at the amount of people that will listen to stuff with their head. Cause I did a poll on my, on my channel one day. I'm like, do you just listen to it on an external speaker? Do you listen to it on um, uh, headphones? And it was roughly 50, 50. So a lot of people, yeah, I, I used to be that person. I used to fall asleep with earbuds in my ears. <laughs> yeah, but you know, when you have kids, you can't do that. You can't. You can't. No, there's a lot of things you cannot. You can't even sleep when you have kids. How old are your kids? <laughs> I have three, uh, 11, five, and four. Yeah. So you, you still got the reabunctious age yeah. down there. Yeah. Yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So, uh, but the, but the sleep mask was, was great because, you can just sleep. So it works out really well and put it on your kids. Let your kids <laughs> if they let me, if they let me, cause I'll go to bed in like maybe two more hours and they'll wake up in, Oh, say a little five more hours. after. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Want to watch Saturday morning cartoons, eat up all the cereal and milk. Yeah. I'm, I, I remember those years. I remember those years. <laughs> so how many you got? I've got two. I, the joke is too that I'm aware of. I spent a lot of time <laughs> stand-up comedy, 20 years on the road. But yeah, I've got a 17-year-old son and a 14-year-old son. So, so how many times you hypnotized them? I, you know, the funny thing was, I would, I would do it a lot um, when I was first starting out. Um, I would practice on them at night when they were going to bed, and this is a this is a true. The I would I, I tried to do it at one time. Um, I don't remember how old my oldest was. I don't know. He might've been like seven or, or something like that. And I did this like uh, hypnosis thing where it was like, you're like floating on a raft and you're in water and it's rocking you to sleep. And you know, you're on the raft and on the water. And he wound up going to sleep in the middle of the night. He wet his bed. And that was the <laughs> only time. Neither one of my kids have ever wet the bed, but that was the only time that my kid ever wet the bed when I was using like a, a water analogy on him. For, it worked better than a warm pot worked, of water to the hand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I was always practicing on them, um, you know, in, in the beginning. And, and that's what I was doing. Like when I was practicing, like the girl I was dating at the time, she had teenage, you know, some teenage girls and all their teenage friends. And 
bring all your friends over to the house and let me try to hypnotize them. So but you always start with teenagers, I guess. <laughs> they're easier to influence. Yeah, they're more they're the more open-minded to everything. They're like, absolutely, yeah, we'll do this. So yeah, I love doing high schools and, and colleges because those are always the best audiences. So now we know you're a busy man and we thank you for coming on. But before we uh let you get back, uh, what is the wildest cruise ship story you could tell us? The wildest cruise ship story? You know, just like from the from the something that happened on the on the stage. Yeah, something that just sticks out to you. I don't. Well, I'll tell you what the wildest you know story from a hypnosis show was, and this okay. was not. This wasn't from the from the from the cruise show because the cruise show was always a family friendly show. Um, but I, I did have a I did have a venue that I would perform here um, in in Salt Lake. This was you know. Jeez, this was like seven or eight years ago when I was just starting. It worked out really well because they would have me in once a month to do a show. But they were kind of a, uh, they were an interesting group. But I, you know, and this this isn't anything original to me, but it's something that hypnotists, you know, have done. Um, but you know, they call it the orgasm handshake, where you sh you shake someone's hand or you shake a woman's hand. Um, and they wind up having an, you know, an orgasm on stage. So you would tell that to the guys and I don't do this bit anymore. This was like something way back in the day when I was, when I, you know, I was doing it, but you would shake these people's hands on stage on, you know, the men and the women, and you just watch these reactions. Have and, you ever um, used it on your wife? No, no, I should have to be hypnotized for that. So, um, <laughs> But I have hypnotized my wife. But yeah, I mean, that was, and, and it was, the, the club was, they were kind of a, you know, they were a hardcore kind of a club. They liked it a little, you know, a little rowdier. So you were seeing that happening on stage. And the, and the funniest thing, I remember one time, you know, doing it, there was a woman and I held out my hand to, to shake her hand and she wouldn't shake my hand. Now, what's interesting is because, you know, she could have shaken my hand and had nothing happen. Right. But she knew because she was hypnotized what would happen, you know, if she shook my hand, that it would be the case. And of course, you know, she would have, um, you know, like maybe somebody in the audience that she doesn't want to you know, see that. But it was just a really interesting display that she knew that if she shook my hand, that would be the case. And she didn't want to, you know, shake my hand. But, you, you know, that was had any of them wet themselves. Yeah, yeah, that was some, that was. I I had somebody come up to me one time after the show because what did they do? That we they would do the hypnosis show and then they would have dancing like after that, right? So this okay. woman comes up to me and she goes, "I wanted to stick around and dance all night and I can't because my panties are soaked now." So <laughs> I just said, "Come here," and I pulled her aside and she it was still relatively a short time after the show shows, you know, so I just went sleep and I put it right back down. And I went, when you open up your eyes, you're going to feel like your panties are dry. And you're going to be able to stick around and dance all night and have a great time. And one, two, three wide awake. And she opens up her eyes and she's like, Oh my gosh, this is perfect. Thank you so much. You know? And that must've been hell for her when she got home. Probably. Yeah. It would. Yeah. It would. I all sticky. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. And, uh, making our eardrums all sticky. <laughs> I appreciate being here and you know, everybody can just go, go to, uh, go to YouTube, look me up, John Moyer hypnosis and yes. help me get that 200,000 subscriber we, count. We had that weekend. page. Where was it? We just had it up. There we go. There we go. We are going to put that back up there. I'm a little slow. 
Bam. It's right. There we go. Is that you? Oh, there we go. Right there. John Moyer. So check me out. We are at uh, that. That will only tell you that I'm at 199,000, but I can tell you exactly where I'm at right now. It's officially 199,772. So. And we just made the two because we just clicked that subscribe button. Perfect. Awesome. So I you guys that. get out there and you click that subscribe button. Be sure to go to johnmoyer.com like we just previously had up there. Where was that? Right here. Boom, right there. Yep. They can, all my stuff's right through there. They can find me, you know, because I'm on Spotify too and uh, YouTube and and, you know, all the streaming places that these kids are into nowadays. I haven't figured out TikTok yet, but. <laughs> well, that would be a killer for you, honestly, if you could figure it out. I yeah. still, I got a couple of videos on TikTok, but it's more because I'm doing stuff like this. Yeah. Um, oh, you've got I, like, a, you've got a good movie trailer voice there. Can you? Why? Can, Thank you. Can you just I go. i to switch it up a little bit. Just, I just want to hear you go in a world. In a world. See, there you things are far from the mundane. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I try a little bit. I try. I, you know, it's weird because I know that a, a buddy of mine who's who's actually big on 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 TikTok, um, he had told me that somebody had shared like one of my video, like he had seen a video of mine from YouTube being shared across TikTok. And I've, you know, I've had a couple of videos that have actually taken off on my YouTube channel because of stuff getting shared through TikTok. So I'll maybe, you know, I mean, I don't know what I, you All know. All you got to do is uh, put a clip of your stuff on there and talk on it and throw it right up on TikTok. All right. I hope, hopefully I'm not behind the game, but you know. Nah, you have so much content. Well, you can fill TikTok. <laughs> The, the funny thing was, is like a few years ago, I remember listening, I was hearing Gary Vaynerchuk talk and he mentioned TikTok and he's like, TikTok is going to be the next big thing. And I had signed up for it and everything. But then like, I'm like, what is this? I don't know. I'm going to deal with it. So I was like on TikTok before TikTok was a thing. And I'm like, it's pretty addictive. Yeah. And if you can get your stuff found on there, which you shouldn't have any trouble seeing as your fan base is massive. Yeah. I'll get I'll I'll because you know the other you know the thing is is starting out as as a comedian I've got all these like I I kind of have a dark sense of humor right kind of have a biting sense of humor <laughs> but we all but I can't really like you know that's that's kind of uh, it's like these two different worlds right but of, you can you be know. your comedic self on TikTok yes. yeah so I'll give it a I'll give it a shot give it a go and send us the info. Well, I will. And what do you want TikTok? What's your? I think we are talking junk. All right, I'll dial you up. Yeah, let me know. Cool. We're looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to trying to have you back on the show. Also, I appreciate it, Jason. This has been uh, good times. Thank you so much. Yeah, the pleasure is all ours. Thanks again. Take care. Listen to this and join us again. We're gonna be in uh, the break room tomorrow night. We're talking about the Ice Man, Richard Kuklinski. So. Be sure to join us uh, same time, same place tomorrow night for the break room. Thanks a lot, John. We appreciate it. Have a great night. You too.